Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh man, our Sunday pregame power-up rolls on here on VSIN and DraftKings Network. Remember, every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on DraftKings Network throughout the NFL season, you're getting the sweat. You're getting the Lombardi Line and the legend Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff consecutively. Three shows, five hours, all you can eat, game day prep, the perfect way to get you set for every week in the NFL. For anybody watching on VSIN, remember you can find DraftKings Network on your smart TV. Just download the Roku channel, Samsung TV Plus, or Zumo Play. We're having a blast here on the Lombardi Line, a longtime three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive and strategist Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bond and Tony with you. We're coming to you from coast to coast. Michael out of his office in Jersey. I'm holding it down at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And now we will head out to Carolina because the yeah. Panthers are taking on the Houston Texans today, Michael. And this is, we've talked about it a lot throughout the week. This is kind of the Super Bowl for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers going head-to-head rookie on rookie versus C.J. Stroud. The Texans have won three of their last four games. If they close at this number, it'll be their first time favored in a road game since 2020. So the times they are a changing. Um, what do you make of this game, Michael? A critical one for Carolina and first time we're going to see Thomas Brown calling the plays. Well, we got the new play, offensive play caller, and this is really only the third home game for the Carolina Panthers all year. I know we're in week eight, but this is all they have. And when you break down their games, at home they're a different team at home than they are on the road so on the road they've gotten beat by an average of 15.5 points at home it's 5.5 now they played the minnesota vikings at home and they held them to they held them to 200 uh, basically they held them to 300 and uh, some yards mm-hmm. total offense right and no excuse me 266 yards and the Saints moved the ball for 341. They lost by thir- they lost by three to the Saints. They lost by six to the Vikings. So they've played better. They've only allowed 37 first downs in those two games. So that's really good, right? And so they're also a really good third down team. They're the fourth best third down team on defense in the National Football League, and they're really good in the red zone. And this line has moved up to where you're getting three and a half. So it's interesting. Everybody's going to keep playing Houston because of what C.J. Stroud has done, and he's been fabulous. There's no question about that. He's been really good. However, when you peel back the layer of how the Texans have won their games, they beat Pittsburgh, they dominated them, right? But they haven't been great on third down. The last two, and they're one of the worst teams on third down in the league. They've also allowed a lot of yards in passing. I mean, the Saints turned the ball over. They had a chance. And I think they've where they've really made a living is because they've been so good in the red zone. They've allowed 50 first downs in the last two weeks before they went on the bye. And one of the things you really always count on when you have a young quarterback is, oh, we can run the football. The Texans can't run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball all year. They've tried. They're 12th in attempts. They're 30th in yards per play. So the yards per rush, excuse me. So to me, this is, this is a moment where Carolina has to be able – has to be able to stay close because, look, they took Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of pressure on Frank Wright, who, by the way, Stormy, is 4-0 straight up after bye weeks. 
Very good nugget to have in there. And Carolina's got to cover at some point, right? They're 0-6 straight up, 0-5-1 against the number to start this season. I feel like Frank Reich is going to have this team motivated. Bryce Young, likely, like, the competitive fires should be at an all-time high in this game. And I'm excited just to see a lot of the young talent in the NFL on on display because you have the top three picks in this last year's NFL draft all out there on the field. Let's not forget about our guy Will Anderson here. Let's go um, to... Rams at Cowboys, Michael. Uh, oh Dallas lay in seven, total 45 and a half. Um, I think the biggest concern, which has been for a while with Los Angeles, is how's their offensive line going to hold up, especially yeah. knowing the, the pass rush and efficiency that that Dallas Cowboys defense brings. Yeah, and Haverstein went on the injury report on Thursday with a, an injury, and we're going to see if he's active. Eleven thirty for us—that's going to be key because Jackson, their left tackle, struggled last week mightily, and he's not going to be able to block Micah Parsons, right? He's not going to be able yeah. to block Lawrence. I mean, this is going to be really challenging, and I fully expect the Rams to start out being able to move the football because of the game plan. But as the game wears on and as the Dallas's front starts to take over this game away from the Rams, remember this, if the Rams can't run the ball, McVay's not the same guy. It's really hard for him. He needs play action. He needs to run the ball. They need to be able to create easy yards because if you put the ball in Stafford's hands all the time, I mean, look, there's a reason he hasn't finished against the spread, uh, over 500 against the spread since 2018. You know, he's played on some bad teams that can't run the ball. And when he goes against a good team, it becomes a little bit of an issue. So, you know, if the Rams get behind in this game, it's not going to be good for them. It's really not. Now, they do a great job scheme-wise. They get the ball to cup. They get the ball to to the other young receiver. Uh, I forget. I can't pronounce his name. But... Uh, Nakua, there you go. I mean, but it's hard for them. And without any running backs on their roster, how are they going to really make hay here? This is a game that typically Dallas and McCarthy, they do a really good job coming off the bye. Yeah, and you, you talk about, too, like the Rams need to play from in front. But even last week, that didn't work out for them because they entered the fourth quarter leading 17-10 just to get outscored 14 to nothing in the final frame against the Steelers. So three and four on the year for L.A. They have, I mean, both teams have been decent cover teams, four, two, four, two and one or four and two against the spread with these teams. Um, McCarthy actually been really good. Surprise. I know we don't like to give Mike McCarthy credit in Nobody a lot does. of instances. No. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but they really it's poor Mike McCarthy. Bad play caller. Kellen Moore's the greatest play caller of all time. Mike McCarthy, he won Super Bowls. He can't do anything. <laughs> you know, he's got like almost a 60% winning percentage. Well, that's all Aaron Rodgers, you know, all that. Well, and you know, against the spread, I was going to say, like his cover percentage as a favorite, four and one ATS's favorites this year's 21 and nine since 2021 under McCarthy ATS. Yeah, I mean, but look, McVay's good as a dog, right? He's 19-14-2 uh, against the spread, you know? And so he's good there. But this is where I think Dak does well, right? Dak is really good straight up when he's defa- against bad teams, right? When he plays against team we call bad teams under 500, he's a good quarterback. And when they can run the football, when the Cowboys can run the ball effectively, which in this game they will, I mean, they'll block it. They match up really well to the Rams. They match up really well to the Rams because their offensive line can block. Tyron Smith showed up on the injury report. We'll see where he is today at 1132. That's going to be important. But to me, I think that's the game, right? They've got to be able to run the ball. And when they can run the football effectively, then Dak becomes a better player. Remember, Dak, when he throws it 30 times, is good. When Dak starts to throw it 40, not so good. In this game, I think he throws it 30 times. Now, imagine how good the, the Dallas run game could be if they added Derrick Henry into the mix. Now, apparently the Titans say that, hey, Derrick, we're not going to go ahead and trade you, but we're still picking up the phone. We're still taking calls. I'll never understand that, Michael. So I, I do want to get into this Titans-Falcons game in a second, but can you take me into like a general manager, a team perspective as to why you go to the player and say, hey, we're not going to trade you? But well, I mean, everybody's on tra- the table, but everybody's on the table. But what you're trying to do is like, if you go and tell the player you're not, that you're not doing it. You can't lie to the player. I mean, you lose, and Mike Vrabel's not going to lie to his player. Now, remember when he didn't think he was trading A.J. Brown? Look what happened. John Robinson's not on the team anymore, right? Mm. Like, that's a bad thing to do to a player. You can't go and say, I'm not going to trade you, then two weeks later you trade him. 
you know, it makes a lot of sense for Baltimore, for Dallas to trade for Henry. But when they come out and say that, like, why would you? Because here's why you can't trade them. Because what you're saying to Vrabel is we're not trying to win anymore. And that, that makes it hard for Vrabel to stand in front of the team. All these people that want you to tank and trade away your assets have never stood in front of a team before. You got to stand in front of your team and say, here's what we're doing. You know, it's like when we traded Trent Richardson to the Colts, um, my son was working for the 49ers and they were getting ready to play the Colts. And one of the coaches on the 49ers said, man, your dad's the dumbest guy of all time. Why would he do that? Well, we knew more than he knew. Right. And so, but we didn't tell anybody. I think that's the key. If you think the player's not as good, you'll, you won't tell them. But if you have every intention of doing it, then you should. And I don't think that's where Tennessee is right now, especially with the South not really declare. I mean, who says Jacksonville's going to run away with it? Yeah, interesting division for sure still, but uh, they're just in a tough spot right now. Two and four, they already trade away their safety, their two-time All-Pro safety and Kevin Byard. Uh, so let's look at this. But remember now, they were trying to get, they took Byard to a low contract. There was a reason they wanted to get Byard down. Okay. They probably believe Byard isn't as good as he once was. I think that's the case. We might have to pick up this game on the other side of the break too, but but typically we look at Mike Brabel as a dog, especially coming yeah. after a bye and say, okay, that's a number I want to jump on. They're plus two and a half right now at home against the Atlanta Falcons. We also love the narrative publicly of Desmond Ritter being a bad quarterback, but I know you've talked a lot the last three weeks about how he has improved as a passer. Ryan Tannehill's out. Will Levis is going to start. We're also likely going to see Malik Willis. How should we look at this game? Well, it's going to be low scoring, and and it's going to be the first half. I mean, Ritter's first half have been a disaster, right? They have been a disaster, and they don't cover in the first half. They haven't played well to start the game, and this team, the Tennessee Titans, they're playing, you're going to have to throw the ball to win because with Tart back and Simmons inside, you're not going to make a living running the football against them. They're very challenging, and they love low-scoring games. I mean, this is another game where a home dog is an under 42, right? I mean, the, this, this Titans team hasn't scored 30 points in forever, in forever. I don't have to remind Titan fans that, right? And for whatever reason, this Falcon team has turned the ball over. I fully expect the, the Titans to play well. I think it's a hard game for them, but it's a low-scoring game. They won't lose contact where they have to put Levis in an uncomfortable position. Under 6-1 and one Falcons games this year, 17-6 and six for the Titans the last two seasons. And Atlanta, I think just in general, pretty underrated defense. Third in yards allowed per game. Pasty, seventh. Rundy, eighth. Ninth in points per game allowed. So um, a, a lot of things for Atlanta that I think don't get talked about or don't get enough credit in this spot. Again, lay in two and a half when we return. We will talk about my San Francisco 49ers. They got a tough one against the Cincinnati Bengals, but Brock Purdy available? How's that work? Okay, we'll get to it. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With all four major sports in action, there's no better time to be a sports better. And with our new sports Equinox special, no better time to be a VSIN Pro subscriber. Sign up now. You'll get full access to VSIN Pro. Everything we do through May 1st for only 120 bucks. That includes daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus our exclusive betting content for the Major League Baseball World Series, college football, the rest of the NFL season, March Madness, the NBA and NHL, as well as the NFL Draft. Do not miss out, though. This is a limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe. That's how you can sign up. Continuing to roll through the week eight Sunday slate. We are now headed out to Levi Stadium, the Cincinnati Bengals and 49ers going head to head. And we've seen this line go all over the place, Michael. It's currently sitting 49ers laying four. Brock Purdy is going to start after being put in concussion protocol earlier this week, coming off the Monday night football game, huge surprise in my opinion, just because we haven't seen this all season long. We haven't seen it since week six, really last year when Kenny Pickett was able to come out of the protocol in the same week as going in. And uh, this is a huge momentum game, Michael, for both teams, because we've talked plenty about Cincinnati's poor start. So nothing would validate who this team is becoming more than a win against the San Francisco 49ers. And for San Francisco after the 5-0 start they've dropped back-to-back games feels like you can't let it be three yeah it can't and and look I think a little bit of this too we we this line move is all over is related to Purdy right it opened up at five and a half it moved down eventually got to three and a half and then and then it moved back up to four and now you know to this morning when I got up it was five and a half and we're getting some buyback here at five but I think what people's lasting memory of Cincinnati is, and there's always a revert back to what happened last year, right? And so last year after the bye, they come back and start playing well. Well, before the bye, they were they got blown out by Cleveland, or they beat no, they beat Carolina after before the bye. They dominated Carolina, which is kind of ironic because they're playing Steve Wilkes again in this game coming off a bye. But this team offensively against Seattle on October the 15th was not playing well. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, Burroughs is 71% on target, way down from last year. His bad throws up to 16%. Last year was at 129 way up from there. And so now he's going against a team that can rush the passer who didn't get a sack last week. So you know they're going to be like sharks in the water, right? They're going to be coming after him. Yep. And I worry about this offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. They can't really run the football. They have, like the Raiders, they haven't had a 100-yard rusher all season. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and I think with Wilkes having played this team last year and got humiliated in Carolina I think it'll it'll certainly lend itself to helping him understand how to defend it look this team has not played they scored 34 points against the Cardinals and they did it because of some turnovers they they created three turnovers in that game with their defense set up all the a lot of points which covered them for the game but they have struggled against a good front, Tennessee. I know he was hurt in the game, but Tennessee won the game 27 to 3. Cleveland, good front. They won the game 24 to 3. I think this is deeper than Burrow's calf, the, 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 the Bengals' injuries. I just don't think they're playing at a high level. Now, maybe they will next week against Buffalo or Houston or Baltimore. But I think this team has taken a step backwards, not a step forward, especially offensively in the line and defensively all over. 
And even with, uh, you know, Trent Williams questionable for San Francisco and Debo Samuel out with the hairline fracture, your line on this game was over seven the way that yep. we put it against Cincinnati. So I think that's telling, again, just kind of cementing the thought process. I really like what you said about the defense being like sharks in the water. I feel like they're going to try to get after Cincinnati. Um, and that offensive front that, despite how much money has been invested, has not lived up to what is needed when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Um, uh, again, right. Go ahead. He gets rid of the ball quickly, right? But at, they're in such one-back stuff, right? They, they don't really give a chance. Mixon can't get going. I mean, last year, Mixon was disappointing, you know, and they had Perrine to come in and help him out. But he has a hard time. They just put Chase Brown on IR. So they don't – where's their nickelback coming from? And so for me, you know, their, their running game, they don't get things going, and then it puts all the pressure on Burrow, which puts more pressure on the offensive line. I've always said Orlando Brown needs to be, when he was with Baltimore, he was a good player because they were a run-based offense. And so he could get off the ball and run block, and he's physical. But when he goes to these teams like Kansas City, why do you think Kansas City let him go? They wanted, they ended up paying guys, but they didn't feel like he could pass protect well enough. Same thing in Cincinnati. If it's a drop-back pass game, people get the edge on them. And I think Williams and Brown have really not played well for this Bengal team. I love Burrow. Look, everybody loves Burrow. You know, when you look at him against the spread as an underdog, he's 16 and 6. He's tremendous, right? You know, but to me, I know he's healthy, but this one is going to be a hard one against a very good defense who didn't play well last week. 10-game home cover streak at stake for the San Francisco 49ers. You mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a division matchup against the Broncos today. We expect the snow to be clear by the time that game action gets underway. But this is 5-1 versus 1-5. Chiefs have won 16 straight in this lopsided rivalry, if you want to call it that, most recently, two weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, 19-8 win in KC. Um, but this line move has gone toward Denver from eight and a half. We're now seeing seven. Do you agree or disagree with what we've seen from the betting standpoint? You know, this is the pros Joe game of the week, right? I mean, this is every person who bets for a living is on the, the Denver Broncos, which opened at nine and moved it to eight and a half and moved it to seven and a half, where, which it was on Thursday when Circa put out their numbers. And now it sits at seven. I don't understand it. You know, because when you look at the Chiefs, they've covered in their own division uh, last week, you know, and they're they one of the things is they've struggled. They've always played with their, you know, they've kind of played with their lead a little bit because they kind of get ahead of it. Like, remember the game last year where they got off? I think it was 21 nothing of 24 to nothing. And then all of a sudden Denver comes back. But I mean, Mahomes, I think he's lost two games in, against the AFC West. I mean, they dominate this team. You know, and they've got a 16-game win. I mean, this is like New England when you play against the Jets. They just dominate it. So I have a hard time thinking that the way they're playing defense, all those numbers that we would equate to the, the, the Chiefs not covering, I think you got to throw them out the window because most of those numbers are equated to a Chief defense that's nowhere near mm -hmm. this defense is right now. Yes, the, this KC defense is legit. It's operating at another level. The offense has started to find its footing like we anticipated it would. And you look at this Denver defense that's allowing 75% completions to opposing quarterbacks, and you've got one of the best, if not the best, coming to town in that area. Travis Kelsey has seemed unstoppable. I, yeah, I don't agree with the line movement in this spot. We'll see how things play out, but I, Kansas City you, certainly I, I think it's Stormy related to the fact that Kansas City's they're going to go to Germany right after the game. I think they're taking off from Denver. They're going to go to Germany. They're playing over in Germany. I think it's Germany. They're playing yep. in London. I'm not sure. No, it's Germany. Next two weeks, Germany. We Germany. Yep. And so, you know, they've been, they, like Baltimore, have been preparing for this road game for a while. So their minds are somewhere. And it's always tough, you know, when you play a team the next time after you've covered the first time. I think it's like 45% you don't cover the game, yeah. right? The number favors the dog. In this case, I think there's that look-ahead instance that people are favoring. But look, Russell is not very good against the West. And, you know, and Mahomes is 29-3 and three straight up. I mean, it's this down to seven. And the yeah. cold, the 20 degrees isn't going to bother either team. I really don't think so. Well, and even with Russell being better this year, regardless, they still have a tough time capitalizing in the red zone. Like, there's just not things that make me say, I want to back Denver, at least it, for me personally. Um, I mean, how can you? They allow 5.5 yeah. a rush. They allow 6.5 per play. 
You know, I mean, these are numbers that are not bad for this year. These are numbers that are bad during the whole Super Bowl era. I mean, think about that. I mean, these are historically bad numbers. I don't know how you can back them, but, you know, look, people play numbers and they play situations. And I think this is one of those where the people that do it for professional for a living, this is what they're playing. Plus, I mean, Jerry Judy's probably a name that's on trade watch right now, too. Like, is he going to be on the pitch count? Is that (laughs) I don't want him. Okay, I'm just saying I still can't get over the stuff with um, with Steve Smith. And the attempted apology that turned into I'm going to call you out hard on NFL Network. Steve Smith, by the way, now you see the stuff with Dave Dorn yesterday. NC State beats Clemson. This is after Steve Smith on game day. He was the picker. He goes on and says uh, NC State's uh, uh, they're just waiting for basketball season to get started. And so Dave Dorn in his post game on the field is like, and Steve Smith, uh, this is a football school. And so Steve Smith just like all over the place right now. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, good, I it's great myself, to have an opinion. you got to back them up, though, right? I mean, there's got to be some facts behind <laughs> it, right? There well, should be something. Yeah, but with I mean, maybe for, this Nick Bolton injury is causing people to play Denver. I don't know. Mm, He's not going to mm. play today. He's obviously on IR. But, I mean, look, this, this Mahomes and the receiver with getting Hardman back, I mean, it really makes a difference. I mean, Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos. Yeah. 16 and oh streak crazy it's crazy yet yet the line is still moving that direction we have one more game that we have to get to the seattle seahawks taking on the deshaun watson list browns we also have michael's top 10 teams in his power rankings top five bottom five quarterbacks we'll run through all the latest injury updates and we'll run the board to close out the show hitting on every single game as well as michael's best bets do not go anywhere this last half hour is going to go fast This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll get unlimited access to the VSIN.com slash picks page where you can sort by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check in the top VSIN experts leaderboard. That's got betting records, profit, and ROI, so you can see which VSIN expert has a hot hand. For VSIN Pro Picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can do so now. Get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And you wish you had it last week. Michael was perfect with his picks. Uh, We're going to run through the board next. Get Michael's official plays there as well. But if you happen to miss it, you have to hop out of the car. That's what the picks page is for. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. It's that easy. Okay, let's go through real quickly some of the most notable injuries and updates we, for people because there are and we a just lot. And we just got one really notable, Stormy. Okay. I don't know if it came through on your phone, but it did on mine. Uh, Patrick Patrick Mahomes has an illness. Ooh. And, and no game time decision yet. No game times because obviously the game's not till four, but they obviously put him on the injury report for that. So that's something to monitor here. I think once the betting market starts to see that, based on whether he'll play, 29-degree weather, he's obviously got some kind of sick cold to it, so we'll see. I just got this in, which I think is a critical injury. So Jacksonville and Pittsburgh today, Tyson Campbell, their best corners on the injury list. They're gonna, Pittsburgh's going to have to throw the ball to win, right? And without Campbell on the field, it's a lot easier to throw the ball against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's rush isn't elite, so I think that's a significant Plus injury. Plus they have Deontay Johnson Jones. back too. Yep, exactly. And Zay Jones is out uh, for the for the Jacks. Jack, he's been out. Well, he's been hurt back and forth. So that those are two that just came up. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But that that also lends to the question about that Chiefs Broncos line that we were just discussing a little bit ago. I wonder if maybe that was known by some people potentially and could lead to the line move to an extent. I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll have to keep eyes on that, um, especially as we get closer to pregame warmups later on this afternoon um, before anybody fires on some of those bets, or if you want to get ahead of a number now but other injuries of note um we already knew earlier this week no daniel jones today it'll be tyrod taylor ryan Tannehill is out it'll be will levis first but we'll also see some malik willis justin fields is out uh for the bears so the rookie from d2 shepherd university tyson bajant making his second career start we thought potentially kyler murray there were some rumblings because he's been full go at practice that he could return this week from the acl but looking like at least another week there debo samuel is out and david Montgomery. 
surgery tomorrow for the Detroit Lions will be unavailable. Meanwhile, back to San Francisco because Brock Purdy will be in despite going into concussion protocol earlier this week. Former 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo back from the back injury for the Raiders today or tomorrow, excuse me. Jalen Ramsey for Miami. He's activated, going to make his Miami Dolphins debut barring any pregame setback and Tyree Kill. We had the scare with the hip. He's good to go as is Raheem Moster. Michael Thomas, speaking of illnesses, um, he, the, the team came out that he's dealing with an illness, is expected to play and Juju Smith-Schuster on the field in pregame warmups as we speak right now hasn't played due to a concussion since October 8th. He's expected to make his return to the lineup today. So, Except whew. no Xavier Howard for the Col- for the Dolphins again. Okay. Get your breath here for a second. So Howard's out. So they get they get they get Ramsey back in. That secondary is still problematic. Yeah. Can at New England exploit it? We shall see. Michael Thomas, who had that illness, he is active for the game today. So he is going to play. Uh, Josh Uche for New England will not play. He's inactive. Okay, and then the last one, Deshaun Watson. We knew on Wednesday, Kevin Stefanski came out and said, hey, he's not going to play. So that means P.J. Walker back in line to start as they head out to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seattle laying four in the spot, total 37 and a half. Last week, Michael, the Browns scored 39 points despite having no touchdown passes, and their top-ranked defense gave up 38 despite forcing four turnovers. So, uh, a little bit confusing what we saw from Cleveland last week. What do you anticipate seeing today in Seattle? Well, I think they'll play better defense, obviously. And Seattle's offensive line is a little problematic in the sense that those two young players still aren't playing. We'll see if cross dresses today. Uh, that, that'll be key. Look, it's hard for P.J. Walker. But I think what we saw in the line movement this week was I don't think the book or the betters, I don't think they really cared whether Watson played or not. I think this line was going to be what it is. It moved, it ticked up, it was two and a half, it went to four. And as soon as it gets to four, it comes right back down to three and a half. Now, Jerome Ford has been questionable all week. We'll see what he can do. Same thing with Kareem Hunt. We'll see what he can do. That's what they have to do. And I think the Seattle team, since they've gotten to Jones, their three technique, they've been much better against the run. They've been able to play the run with a lot more physicality. They got Jamal Adams down in the box, but he's on the injury list too. So I don't know how Cleveland scores. I don't know how they went 70 yards and beat the the Colts against a weak cover two defense or palms the way they played it. So I, I don't know. For me, in order to throw the football effectively, you got to block this Cleveland front. Their corners are really good. Their corners are really good. I think we got to check the injury report, too, because Lockett was rumored to not be playing this week. So we'll see where he is. You know, it's really hard to 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 throw the football effectively against this team in Cleveland because they have three really good corners and they can rush. And Schwartz does a good enough job of figuring out where to put it. And then he takes away the run, which he didn't do last week. I mean, the Colts were able to run the football. I'm not sure Seattle can. Tyler Lockett and safety Jamal Adams were both listed as questionable, both according to Ian Rappaport this morning, expected to play. So that will be certainly a feather in the cap for Seattle from that standpoint. Um, It is funny, though, seeing your top five and bottom five quarterbacks list going into today, Michael, because you have P.J. Walker slash Deshaun Watson right there (laughs) uh, in your bottom five. They count as one. Neither of them been particularly great, but the, the bottom five worst quarterback in the league right now are 32 of 32. Haven't seen a big sample size, but, you know, we know his collegiate performance. Tyson Bajan, uh, who is starting for the Bears today, yeah. followed by Kenny Pickett. You got PJ and Deshaun as one. Josh Dobbs and Zach Wilson is the bottom five. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a big day for Zach because he's going to get a lot of pressure. Now, he's going to get, you know, when, when I say he's going to get pressure, he's not going to get zero blitzed, right? He's going to get all sorts of where's the mic, who's got this guy, who doesn't. They're going to attack the protections of Nathaniel Hackett's offense which I think the Giants will do really well. Dobbs, look, the one thing they can't do in in Arizona is stop the forward pass. It's very difficult. If they get behind in this game, it puts too much pressure on Dobbs. That's why their second-half splits are so bad. They're playing from behind often, and they've got to throw it all the time. And when when your backup quarterback has to throw the ball all the time, it's usually not pretty good for you. But if your top quarterback has to throw the ball all the time, like Mahomes, and we'll see where he is with the injury today, 
Lamar will make it. Well, if you have Lamar in fantasy today, you should feel pretty good about yourself because he should be able to do a lot of damage against the bad Cardinals secondary. We saw what Josh Allen did on Thursday night. Tua has always been contained a little bit here against the, the Patriots because they do a good job of pressuring him. And it's funny, when you look at Tua's splits and you break him down, when he has a clean pocket, he has a 122 quarterback rating. When he has people in front of him, he has a 64 quarterback rating. I mean, it's really all related to pressure. And then you got to give McDaniel a ton of credit for how he's hovered up this offensive line. And he does a great job of keeping Tua clean. The problem is when he goes against good fronts, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's Buffalo with Daquan Jones, it becomes really challenging for them. And then Brock Purdy there at five, happy for him, obviously, to be able to get out of concussion protocol, have an opportunity for some redemption after that fourth quarter. First time in his career that he threw a fourth quarter interception and he threw two of them. Ian Rappaport, by the way, did have an update on Patrick Mahomes, said he has, quote, been battling the flu better today than yesterday. He'll play. So there you go. Um, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. according to Ian Rappaport, will play against the Broncos today despite dealing with an illness. Um, how about He wasn't on the injury report with the flu, though, Stormy. Correct. Did you see him on the injury report with the flu? If he's been battling the flu all week... And like, this goes back to what we had... The... This goes back to what we had with B. John Robinson last week in the migraines. Yeah. I mean, if he's battling the flu, if those are the right words to use... like Now, if he got it this morning, I get it. But clearly... For them to release this now after they didn't release it all week as he was, quote unquote, battling the flu, Mm -hmm. it must have gotten bad. Now, I'm sure he's going to go. I mean, nothing's going to keep this kid from playing. But again, it's hard to play in 29 degree weather when you don't feel good. Now, Joe Montana did it back before most people were born in the Cotton Bowl when he had hypothermia and drank chicken soup and came in off the (laughs) bench and won the game. So we'll see. I'm looking to see that Chiefs and that Chiefs line still sitting there at seven, despite the news coming out about 10 minutes ago. Usually if there's going to be a you quick shift. You know the shift, book's we, not going to give you six and a half. Yeah. There's just no way. They got enough money on Denver. They don't need any money, more money. They've been luring that money in on Denver like, I mean, like crazy. They got a ton of money. I mean, think about it. They, they, probably, if, they, probably, need, they probably need Kansas City in this game. Probably, which is, by the way, your top team right now in your power rankings. I'll just run through these top 10 before we hit the break. KC, the Philadelphia Eagles up a couple spots. The Baltimore Ravens up five to your third ranked team in the NFL, followed by the San Francisco 49ers, who have taken a tick down after the last two weeks. Dallas, Detroit, Buffalo, Jacksonville, Miami, and the New Orleans Saints rounding out the top 10. The Saints defense certainly been stepping up despite Derek Carr's issues getting the ball down the field. We are running the board when we return Michael's leans and official picks next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time to go through each and every game. We're going to run the board for this Week 8 Sunday NFL slate. And let's dive right in, Michael, because there are oh no bye weeks this week. The buys are on buys. Let's get started. Eagles taking on the Washington Commanders. That number is up to the key number of seven from a six-point favorite up to seven. Total drop from 45 to 43 and a half. The Commanders play the Eagles tough. Michael, what do you think? They always play them tough. And I think, to me, the Commanders have to play a different style to cover this line. They've got to try to slow the game down and run the football. And, look, the Eagles have the loud pressure. Hurts has turned the ball over way too much this year, more than he did last year. And that offensive line, I'm not sure Lane Johnson's 100%. I'm not sure Hurts is 100%. I know he doesn't appear on the injury list. I would take Washington and lay the points and and take the points here. These divisional round games, they always seem to play close, and I think this one will as well. Another division game, Patriots getting eight in Miami, taking on the Dolphins, total 46 and a half. Lots of injuries um, for, for this game, Michael. Yeah, a lot of injuries. And look, Xavier Howard played the first game, not going to play in this game. They get Ramsey back. But look, two is a covering machine at home. He's 15-5 and five at home covering the line. I think he'll cover this line. I just don't see how the Patriots are going to be able to score 27 points again this week against a good Vic Fangio defense, which is getting better. You know, Phillips is back. They're rusher. They can, you know, Wilkins plays well. I see Chubb starting to make some more plays. I think it's a hard game for New England. I would Lay the, I would take the I would lay the points for Miami. Jets won back-to-back games before hitting the bye. Now they take on a Giants team in MetLife Stadium without Daniel Jones. They're laying three. First time as a favorite on the seat on this season. What do yeah. you think? Look, I'm going to take the Giants here. It's one of my official plays. I like the Giants because I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I do think the Giants will create some turnovers, and I do think the Giants can run the ball. I think one of the misnomers about this Jets elite defense, as everybody wants to call them, is you can run the football on them. Even though they're in an eight-man front, they'll be able to have an opportunity. I think Taylor will protect the ball. Look, if the Giants can hold uh, Josh Allen to 14 points, I think they can slow down this Jets that explosive offense that everybody seems to think. And I think with Wilson as a favorite, I'm going to go the opposite direction and take the Giants as an official play plus the three, a home dog. The Jets have struggled off of the bye historically. Total continues to tick down, by the way, all the way to 34 and a half. The Rams getting six and a half in Dallas, taking on the Cowboys total 45 and a half. How will their front hold up against Dallas's pressure? I went back and forth on this game, and and, and I've I, initially I like the Rams to start off with, and I went back on Dallas, but I do think you know that the pressure is going to bother the Rams, and if it's under seven, I think I'll take. I, 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 no, I'll take that back. I'm going to stick with my numbers say it should be the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams in the six and a half. I just think the Rams are good at being able to keep the game close. Stafford can make some plays without without digs in the back end. You know, there's plays to be had here on tape. So I'll take the six and a half with the Rams. Jaguars have been playing good football lately, but the Steelers continue to cover their home dog today, getting two and a half total 41. You know, I'm not going against Mike Tomlin. And I think when you look at Peterson, he's better as a favorite. 
he's got a better winning percentage, excuse me, as an underdog than he does as a favorite, you know? And so I think I'm going to go with Tomlin as a home dog. I think Pickett will throw the ball better against a secondary that you can throw the ball on. And I just think to me, Lawrence has some of those moments in games where he has turned the ball over minus their minus five in the turnover takeaway the last three weeks. I like Pittsburgh. Take the, uh, I'll take the home dog here. Another home dog out there at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The Carolina Panthers taking on the Houston Texans. They're getting three and a half total 43. C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young today, Michael. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers as one of my official plays. I think they play better at home. I think that's fact. You can go through all the numbers. Their defense, they will have Brian Burns today. They'll have Frankie Luva today. That's important. They need them in there. This is their Super Bowl. They need to start fast. They're going to restart their season. I think they'll be able to throw the football. Everybody has thrown the ball. Now, the Texans have done a good job in terms of winning the turnover battle because Stroud doesn't turn it over, but they've allowed 60 first down, 50, 60 first downs the last two weeks, 50 first downs the last two weeks. I like the, I like the Panthers, plus I'm getting that half point i think that'll make a difference i'll take the panthers in the three and a half stroud doesn't turn it over jordan love does at least recently and his packers are getting one in a game we've seen a line flip in this nfc north matchup against the minnesota vikings total 41 and a half i'm gonna go with the flip the flip note that we've been talking about all day today you know i'm gonna go with the packers as a home dog here only because i think that Minnesota is a little bit overvalued based on what they did last week. I mean, literally, what would this line be had Steve Wilkes not called the zero blitz, yeah. right? What what would that have been? And had not Purdy gotten the concussion in the fourth quarter that we didn't know about. I think Green Bay will be able to run the ball. They can complete some passes against a bad secondary. They're on the road. I think they'll put pressure on Cousins. I'll take Green Bay. Another team turning turning it over a lot the last two games. Gardner Minshew, eight turnovers as the Colts are getting two against the Saints and a defense that has been solid, total 43 and a half. Yeah, I love the Saints here. I don't, I'm going to regret it, I'm sure. I just think that Dennis Allen will play this defense, will play Minshew really well, much like Jacksonville did. I think he understands how to play them, and I have a hard time black and car. I understand how this goes because he doesn't throw it up the field. But they should be able to make plays against the Colts defense that has given up a lot of points the last two weeks. I'll take the Saints and take the points we talk, and lay the points. Yeah, we, we talk about Tomlin as a home dog. Mike Vrabel, another guy we typically like to back in that situation. And they're coming off a bye, getting two and a half. But what is the status of this franchise as a whole right now? And how are they feeling? They're taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Low total again here as well, 35. Well, they're going to have to run the ball. I mean, they're not going to let Will Levis throw the ball 40 times, I can tell you that. You will see Willis in some kind of role coming in on short yardage and do that. They're healthy on defense, which is the reason why you want to take Rabel and get the two and a half at home. That With Tart inside, with Simmons, that does present a problem for Ritter, who is in, who has turnover prone in the last couple of weeks. I'll take Tennessee as a home dog. Yeah, I'm interested to see what we're going to get from Will Levis and Malik Willis when they get in there. Uh, another quarterback situation where we don't have the starter in is out there with the Cleveland Browns. No Deshaun Watson. He was ruled out as of Wednesday. It'll be P.J. Walker once again in Seattle. Seahawks laying four, total 38 and a half. Well, I'm going to take Seattle here, but I'm rooting for the Browns because Russo took Seattle in the contest and I need them to lose here. So, uh, you know, look, I don't know how the Browns score, right? I don't know how they score because P.J. can turn the ball over. He's not a good enough player. And how do they make enough plays? And who is the running back? We don't know if Ford's going to dress or hunt. We assume one of them will. But I think Seattle's a little better defensively. And look, Geno's got to play better. Geno has not been on target. His accuracy this year is substandard to where it was last year. That's where if you take Cleveland in the points, you're hoping that Geno makes these mistakes he's been making with ball location more than anything. I'll take Seattle here. I'm rooting for the Brownies against Mr. Russo. Ian Rappaport said Mahomes has been dealing with flu-like symptoms the last couple of days, but will play. They're laying seven in Denver. Yeah, you know, look, I, I, I think to me, the one thing we do know about the Chiefs is they let you back in the game, especially the home team when they did it on the road. They dominated this game. I mean, Russell couldn't move the football at all in this game and they couldn't run. I think this Chief defense is really good. I'll still take the Broncos because of the cold, the flu, 29 degrees. It's not easy playing quarterback in the NFL, and it ain't easy when you have the flu. Trust me on that. And look, I realize that Denver, you know, that you got to throw out the Miami game in terms of their numbers, and they actually are healthier now. 
Are they good enough to run the ball to be able to control it? I just don't trust Russell, but I'll take the seven points anyway. Um, the, the other two in the afternoon, 49ers laying four against Cincinnati. The Ravens laying nine on the road in Arizona. I love, I love the, I, I think the Bengals are overvalued and I think San Francisco's undervalued. It's the perfect place to take San Francisco. I did in the contest with Russo. I got it at three and a half or four, I think it was. Now it's going up to five. I still like it. I like Baltimore. I don't see how you can play Arizona here, particularly knowing that they don't score in the second half. Bears Chargers in the night game. Survivor in the balance. LA laying nine and a half. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Chargers. I think this is one of those games that sets up perfectly for the Chargers. They're able to throw the football well, and the Bears can't cover the pass. They'll be able to control the ball, put the pressure on the young quarterback. I think this is one of those games where the Chargers, you know, get ready to everybody start pronouncing them as back after this game. Recap, Michael, your official plays this week: the three best bets. I like the Giants, I like the 49ers, and I like the Panthers. I think I played. No, excuse me, the Packers. I'm sorry. Packers. Packers. I like the Packers, Panthers, Giants. 49ers are a bonus play, Michael. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I do like I do love them. I took (laughs) them in Russo, so I can't hide it. It's out there. I like them. Good stuff as always. Awesome show. Hope that everybody feels informed and ready to go to make their bets for this NFL Sunday. Our pregame power up here on Visa and DraftKings Network will roll on next with the legend himself. Brent Musburger and the countdown to kickoff. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Good luck with your bets. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.